Excellent. It's great to be with you. Uh, if you don't know who I am, uh, my name is Donny. I'm married to Ronell. Uh, um, we've been on a, a bit of a break, and it's been just so good for us. Thank you so much for the team of guys that have been just powering along here while we're away. Those are leading, preaching, doing all that stuff. Um, I was telling someone this morning, it's the longest leave we've had in 27 years of leading uh, a church, which is, we're really grateful to God for that. We kind of didn't know what was happening to us for a minute there, but... Um, I think it's only if you've, you've led uh, in ministry, you, you understand the fatigue that can set in. Um, we, we have the great privilege and joy often to see th- the best of people and churches and all that, but we often also see the worst of uh, <laughs> what happens to people. And I think any shepherd that's worth the salt um, carries some sort of compassion and and carries people's burdens with them and so we're trying to be responsible um i hope you understand that that's why we've rest uh we want to give you the gift of a happy healthy us and not for you to have to put up with a grumpy uh, (coughs) us so thank you that's what we're saying bless you uh well done for carrying on and serving jesus into this year some of you have been at um city life meetings more than i have this year (laughs) <laughs> just a little, anyway. So um, at the same time, I want to say this. I just uh, I, I, I want to say that life is not a, dr- a dress rehearsal. I believe that. I don't believe we get a second chance. I think you'll be 20 only once. You'll be 30 only once. You'll be 60 only once. You will never have the opportunity in 2023 to do anything again. How's that? You've got to think about it. And so... Um, you know, I think of this verse in 2 Timothy 1 verse 11 where Paul says, And of this gospel I've been appointed a herald, an apostle, and a teacher. And that is why I'm suffering as I am. Yet I'm not ashamed because I know whom I have believed. And I'm convinced that he is able to guard what I've entrusted to him for that day. That's incredible. Paul is saying that everything I'm doing, my whole life motivation, the preaching, the teaching, the going, everything is because I am converting something into eternity and I'm entrusting it to God for that day. I'm a firm believer that how you live your life matters in eternity. It does. And I'm, I'm super glad. I hope I've spent everything <laughs> He gave me for 2023, in 2023, on Jesus. Amen? Uh, I hope there's not something He's given me for 2023 that I'm still got with me today because uh, I won't get the opportunity to spend it. Thank you. All right. Amen. So, man, my prayer for us this year, my prayer for us at City Life is that we will bring Jesus much joy. We just bring him such joy. I pray that as he looks at us, um, you know, we don't have to make him center. We just have to recognize that he is center. We don't make him the center. He is the center. It's just he is delighted when we recognize that he is the center of our lives. I pray that we, if possible, even surprise him. Do you know there was an occasion when Jesus was surprised by a man's faith? He was delighted. He was, he was amazed. I, I pray that we'd be able to amaze Jesus this year.
by the by just our attitude, getting on his mission, fulfilling his will, pleasing him and bringing him such joy because he honestly is so incredible. He really is. And so that's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for your family. It's our prayer for us here at City Life. Amen. Uh, I need to do notices. They're just briefing me on how things work here again. So <laughs> just a reminder of tithes and offerings. We do believe in giving. Bank account is, is on the website, and there is a box at the back as we leave. And then also a reminder that we're starting up our prayer meetings. It'll be this month on the 23rd of Jan, 6.30 here at this place. And then we release the kids. I think they're going downstairs. Am I correct? Have they they're going. All right. Bless you. Okay, in Israel. See you eggs later. All right. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege of having the same life that Jesus has that you've given to us. Thank you that we're alive. Thank you that we breathe. Thank you that you have purpose for our lives. Lord, as we kind of get started with this year, um, some of us might have a bit of anxiety. Some of us might have a little bit of post-traumatic stress, Lord. Some of us might have a little bit, uh, some of us might even be excited. But Lord, there's a lot that lies ahead. The thing that settles us, Jesus, is that you're with us. It's your presence. It's that you know exactly what we will face and what you're doing with us. And so this morning we want to let go a little bit. We don't want to tense up. We don't want to stress up. We don't want to work ourselves up to what we should be doing this year. We want to relax in your hand. We want to work with you. We want to face this year with you and what you have for us. And so, Lord, as we look at your word, will you settle us? Would you challenge our thinking maybe again? Will you adjust us? Will you bring correction? Will you bring, Lord God, discipline that we need to... Make this year a fruitful one, a year that we can glorify Christ with the earthly life you've given us, with the days you've, you've numbered for us, that we'd be able to bring glory to you and bring your kingdom here on earth in Jesus' name. Lord, as I preach, would, Lord, you only say the words that you want to speak to us, to your people. I make myself again available to you, Holy Spirit, to speak, to say what you want to, to adjust, to anoint to change in Jesus' name. Amen. Cool. So I wanted to kick off this year with a couple of preachers I've called Hello Peter. And um, I will explain the title as we go along. Some of you are giggling. But there's a very good reason I've chosen this title because I feel like God wants me to constantly remind us of how much the world has changed. It honestly is changing at a rapid rate. I was reading something the other day that um, uh, it's not like we're in, in, in a world war, but there are 53 global conflicts going on right now. You know, 53, that's a lot of conflict in the world. Um, we live in an age where we are consuming more information than ever before. I don't think the world's ever been in this place. Um, and it's changed a, a lot in a very short period of time. And so I feel like we constantly have to equip ourselves. Um, we live a lot of our lives in a digital world. Our workspace, our social space, our relationships, our everything is on a digital space. 
And so we have to constantly remind ourselves of how much the world has changed. And we've got to equip ourselves on how to just be like real people like God has called us to be. Because sometimes we can interact in a digital world really well, but we struggle in, in, our, in our, our real life. I have a little nephew that I had the privilege of spending time with down, down um, in, in the Cape. And man, this little oak, uh, how old is the younger one? When I eat something, he says, oh, that's full of vitamin B12, A7. I mean, this oak is like, he's got information, proper. Like, I w- when I was a light here, I, did not, I, I didn't know that. And yet I watch him so struggle with the reality of life. He's got some other issues happening in his life. And I'm amazed that information and all of that stuff doesn't necessarily equip us for life. And we've got to remind ourselves of these things. So I've chosen that title for a, for a very specific reason. There is a flow to our digital world. Um, and with artificial intelligence, we must remember we s- God has still given us intelligence. We can't just go with everything that's happening around us. We need to equip ourselves and be ready in the age that we live in to be relevant to our world and keep the main things the main things. Amen? And we're immersed in this. It doesn't matter. I mean, look at me. I'm a preacher. I'm in a digital world. Uh, you can't get away from it. If you, Even a mechanic, you have to plug the car in. You know what I mean? You can't even go and check the computer has to tell you. So it doesn't matter who you are. The world has changed. We have to constantly make sure we're equipped for it. Is that cool? And so I'm trusting in this year that I can just simply remind us of some of those things. We can get us get a grip on what is it that we're supposed to be doing and how we're supposed to be living and, and what are the tools that God has given us to be able to, to be relevant. So where am I aiming with this preaching? So the title is Hello Peter, but I'm hoping it would be Hello Craig for you or Hello Jude or Hello Marcel, whatever your name is. That's the title. So will you say hello to yourself? yourself, your name. Put your name there. <laughs> Five things I'm, I'm trusting that God will change. They are probably some of the hardest things to change. But those five things, I think, set your life on a course. They set your life in a direction. And so the first one I'm aiming at with the preaching is your personal vision. Your personal vision. And I call it personal vision because sometimes your parents have a vision for you. Your boss has a vision for you. Your wife or your husband can have a vision for you. But I'm talking about your personal vision. And, and, and what I mean by that is not the, the world has messed this word up a little bit, I think. Because when you say vision, they have this, like you have to come up with a phrase. Like this year, teamwork makes the dream work. Or, I don't know, what's, what, give me a phrases that all of you have seen somewhere. None. Okay, that's cool. That's great. Yes, so on the board. For me, what vision means really is how do you see yourself? How do you see yourself? First of all, in the context of the world. And it doesn't matter how people around you see you. Uh, um, does, do you see your life as having meaning? Or are you just like... Is it just random? You're just going through the grind. How do you see your life in this world? How do you see your life into the future? Do you, do you see your life as being part of a future? And how do you see yourself 
uh, in the context of God and eternity. Let me ask you, it's a very personal question. How do you see it ending? How do you see that last bit playing out when you stand before God? For me, that's vision. How do you see your life, yourself, in this world, in the future, and in the context of God and eternity? It's your personal vision. Your personal vision will determine how you live your life. And if you say today, I have no vision, I'm telling you, you do. That's why you're living how you're living. It's because of how you see yourself in the world, in the future, and before God. That's why you're living how you're living. And that has to adjust and change for us to live a different life. Secondly, your personal valuation. Uh, this is where I'm aiming the preaching at. The, the, the uh, valuation, the word means an estimate of the worth of something. Can I ask you, sir, ma'am, how much, how much is your life worth to you? Don't tell me to God, to others, to, to you. It will make a difference how you live. And I, I listen, I, in our digital world, I'm not against movies not against games, but I tell you what they do do, devalue human life a whole lot. We are so used to seeing, you know, uh, um, let me not waffle about movies, right? But I mean, it's, it's almost like lives are taken at no price at all. In fact, a lot of games you Taking lives. I'm not saying you're going to become a murderer, but what it does do is the value of a. If you are, we need to pray for you. <laughs> but you know what? We lose the value of life. Eh? We we in our digital world, ten thousand people die here, five thousand people there. I don't know what it does to you, but the value of life. And you know what begins to happen? You devalue yourself. So, so my question to you is your personal value you place on your own life. What is it? It will make a difference how you live. And my second part is, how do you get to that? Uh, what did I say? How do you get to that value? I'm asking you the question, what makes you valuable to you? For some people, it is, honestly, their achievements or their position in life and what you do, your education, your family, your, your school. For other people, you know when you watch these movies and you, you see the bad guy and he's a bad guy and you think like, and they kill him and you think like, oh, he deserves it. You never thought like that, right? You never watch movies. I don't know. <laughs> what makes us think like that? Is it the guy who makes mistakes? Who more deserves to die than the guy who's the good guy and the main good-looking guy like Marcel or whoever. I don't know what movies you're watching. Do you know what I mean? It messes with us a bit. And we have to get back to what value do you place on your own life? It's going to matter how your 2024 looks like. I'm aiming there. Your personal motivation. Motivation. Um... Motivation is the reason you do what you do. Now, you might say, I have no motivation. Yes, you do, because you wouldn't be doing what you're doing if you didn't have a reason. And let's just be honest. The companies have all caught on to this, right? You know you're going to gym for that smoothie, right? 
incentives. What can you get out of it? We have apps. We have things that constantly motivate us. But it's always for what we can get out of it. Um, in psychology, the definition of motivation is that feature about us that arouses an organism to act towards a desired goal. What's causing you to act? What, what, there's, there's a reason why you behave like you behave. And this is the thing that catches us every year. New Year's resolution. It's very short-term thinking. Actually, what's going to determine what 2024 looks like for you is your motivation. It's your vision. Personal. It's your value that you attach to life. Are you there? I've been on holiday. I've got lots to say, so get ready. Some people are motivated because they are driven. They're driven. Isn't there an advert like that? Uh, Nissan, we are driven. See their problem? We can be driven by fear and anxiety. You know, it motivates us. It arouses us to action. We can be motivated by trying to escape and getting away from pain getting away from the past, those things motivate us to act. Uh, it can be our great need. And then our personal calling. I quickly want to go on, on with this. Um, our digital age has made us very focused on ourselves, isn't it? You can pick the avatar you want, pick the hairstyle. You can make yourself how you think you should look. You can Photoshop, you can... It's all about convenience. It's all about at your fingertips, having all that. And I don't know about you, but it also can become a little bit consuming. You click on this and it takes you there. Then you're there, then you need this to get that. And then you go there and it's like you get lost and it sucks you right in. I don't know. Um, there's a, a... I don't know how old she is, 80-year-old lady down there that we're helping and whatnot. She is lost in the... 60s. <laughs> she does not do any of this. It's amazing. And it's, it's amazing to see people that have disengaged from the digital world. It is so daunting to send an email. I, I don't know if you still meet those people. They're few and far between. But you talk about an email and it's like, whoa, no way. That is, have you met someone like that? Why am I alone? Mary, do you email? Matt, you need to help her. But this lady is just like, yo, to send an email, mom, even my mom says like, yo, my mom's 75. She's like, oh, she doesn't know how to send an email. But it's because the world, that, that digital world can become so consuming. It just drags you into it, sucks you into it, and it's easy to lose sight of the bigger picture. It's easy to lose sight that maybe you and I exist because a creator created us and he's got a specific purpose for us. And it's not, you know, just to take the daily grind of being consumed with raising children, marriage, making money, making, it's not just to be sucked into all that. Maybe there is a call that is higher than that from a creator that stands distinct from what the world can offer us. Are you okay with that? I really, I want to aim at that for you. Personal, personal. 
your call? Is it clear to you? Because if you're not, I'm telling you 2024, no matter what app you download, no matter what your resolution is, it's going to be no different to 23 and 22 and 21. And you're stuck. You're stuck because this is very hard to change. But there is a man. His name is Peter. And he helps us to understand that it's possible for these things to change. Amen. And then your personal view of leadership. Those are the five areas I'm, I'm just aiming at. Um, what does leadership look like to you? In a digital age, it's very confusing. Stuff that parents used to do, the computer does now. Well, I don't know about you. So I'm asking, what does marriage, what does leadership look like to you? In marriage, in family, at work, in church and God, what does it look like? You know what it used to look like? Jesus would say, come, follow me. Not on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Really, actually, really, spend time, follow, be with me. But our digital world, I think, has made us believe that leadership is irrelevant. Um, all right, jeez. Way too long. So let's look at our biblical character. We're going to use Peter. We first hear of Peter uh, a lot in the Gospels. You have the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then you have the book of Acts. And then you have two letters from Peter, 1 Peter and 2 Peter. And it's interesting to see how those five things in his life changed. And my question or, or my preaching this year is to say, actually, those things changed by two main um, ingredients. One, a, a revelation of Jesus. Two, the empowering of the Holy Spirit. The only way your vision changes is those two things. Revelation of Jesus, power of the Holy Spirit. The only way your motivation changes is more revelation of Jesus and more power of the Holy Spirit. The only way the value of yourself changes is a revelation of Jesus and the empowering of the Holy Spirit. No other way. The only way your view of leadership is set straight is a revelation of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. Can you see where we're going? You know where I'm aiming. That's what we want to look at. We want to look at the life of Peter. And if you're feeling stuck, again, if you're looking back at last year and thinking this year, last year, I said, I'm going to do this, and you haven't been able to. And you think back, Maybe the year before, and the year before, and the year before. This is for you. So let's read about Peter in the Gospels. It's in uh, John chapter 1, verse 41. The first thing he did, so uh, what happened to Peter, he was an ordinary guy like you and me. He was a fisherman. He had partners in his business. He was fishing. He was good at it, I think. And in John chapter 1, verse 41, his brother Andrew introduces him to Jesus. The first thing he did, this is Andrew, after finding where Jesus lived, was to find his own brother Simon. This is what we know is, is Peter. Telling him, we found the Messiah, that is Christ. He immediately led him to Jesus. Jesus took one look up and said, you are John's son, Simon. From now on, your name is Cephas or Peter, which means rock. One incredible thing. 
This guy lives his life. He's, he's like you and me. He's struggling with his personal vision, his motivation, his idea of leadership. And in one moment, he's introduced to Jesus. And Jesus, the first thing he does is, I know you're John's son. I know you live an earthly life. You have an inheritance. You have a background, all that. But I'm speaking something over you. Boom. You're Peter. You're Peter. You're a rock. You're stable. I'm going to use you in the church. I'm going to use you to bring the kingdom. I'm going to make you solid. I'm going to make you stable. And, um, <laughs> you know, this guy, he comes from a small kind of village. He hits a number of flops after that. Some major flops, some minor flops. But one thing about him is a lot of flops. And I don't think he had his vision about himself sorted. I don't think his motivation was correct. I think there was a whole lot of things that had, it, had to change. But then when you read in the book of Acts, and you, it's almost like you think, is this the same Peter? Is it the same Peter? And that's my prayer for you. I pray that the Peter that Jesus had invested in, the Peter that Jesus saw, the Peter that Jesus spent three years building into, the Peter that Jesus called out, that Peter, in the book of Acts, he began to stand up. And I'm praying that that Donnie this year in 2024 would stand up. That my vision, my motivation, my valuation, my ideas about leadership would so radically change that it would change the course of my life. And I'd become more the person that Jesus has destined me to be. Are you okay? I mean, in, in, in the book of Acts, and it starts in Acts chapter 2, verse 14, and you often read this. It says, that's when Peter stood up and backed by the other 11. He spoke out, he spoke out with bold urgency. There seems to be a massive, dramatic change in Peter's life. And that's also partly why I've used this title, because in one way, Jesus would be saying at this point to the Father, Hello, Peter. That's the real Peter. Hello, Peter. But in many ways, people would be saying, hello. You know, hello is a greeting, but it's also a surprise. It's like, hello. What, what has happened to you? What changed? And so, <laughs> I mean, um, if I look at his personal vision, you know, in the Gospels you read about Peter, he always had his one eye on the storm. We read it this morning in the prayer meeting. He was walking on the water. Jesus called him, but he had his one eye on the storm. So in his vision, there was a problem because he looked at Jesus, but he also saw all the storms. And so there was a problem with his personal vision because he more saw what was going on around him than Jesus. And it affected how his life turned out. He sank. You know the story. But look in Acts chapter 10. You know when Peter has this vision of this sheet that comes down with the animals and God begins to say to him, kill and eat. And then he realizes God is saying, don't call unclean what I call clean. And in Acts chapter 10, we should be grateful that his personal vision changed. Because it changed the direction of his life. He ended up going to Gentile people, not just the Jews, because his personal vision of God changed. 
Look what he says in Acts chapter 10, verse 34. Peter began to speak. Now I realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. Can you see how his personal vision of God changed? God doesn't show favoritism. That's why I'm in the house of Cornelius among Gentiles and unsaved people, because my personal vision of God changed, and it changed me. And I don't care what storms I'm going to face because of it. You know, I don't care what the backlash is of this. I don't care the persecution. But my vision has changed and I cannot be the same person. God doesn't show favoritism. Suddenly, bang, he saw it. It changed his whole life. Suddenly, how he saw himself in the context of the world was different. I have to go. I have to preach. I have to reach out. Why? Why? Why, Peter? Why now suddenly? Previously, you're always keeping your one eye on the storms. What if, what if the wave overcomes me? What if it's difficult? What if it's challenging? What if this? And you're in two minds constantly. Yes, you want to serve Jesus, but you needed your vision to change. Secondly, his valuation of himself changed in the book of Acts. Can you remember the one time when they caught that miraculous catch of fish and Peter said to Jesus, get away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. He told Jesus, I, I can't serve you. I'm not worthy to serve you. I can't do this because the valuation of myself is if I've made a mistake, if I've sinned, if I've done wrong, I, I'm not worthy to serve you. And then he hit a flop after flop. And no matter what he said to himself, he said, I'm not going to do it again. I'll never, I'll be with you even till death. And then he flopped. And you know, as long as your valuation of yourself is based on how you live out your Christian life, you will never change anything. But something changed in Peter's life. He realized that God values him not because what he, of what he does and how well he lives out his life. And because of that, God could trust him with incredible power. You know, in Acts, people even put others in his shadow to be healed. You read in Acts 5 verse 15. It's not fiction. True. They just... I mean, I don't read that happening about Jesus. Everyone who touched Jesus was healed, remember? But in Peter, just his shadow, just his shadow. Why would God trust him with that power? Because God knew he's not going to go and find value in what he does. He found value because God found value in him. Because God loved him, he saw himself as valuable. And because his valuation changed from, you know what, I have to do all this to be valuable to God, to I'm valuable to God because Jesus loves me, enabled God to entrust him with power. His personal motivation changed. I don't know about you, but Peter seemed to always want to be right. He wanted to be first. Amongst the disciples, who's going to sit on Jesus' right hand and on his left. You know what I mean? It's like, I walk on the water. I'm the guy. I, there seems to be a little bit of ambition in his motivation. I don't know. And then he gets undone by Jesus. Jesus is able to overlook his betrayal. 
And then you read 2 Peter chapter 5, verse 2. Peter, at this phase of his life, says, Be shepherds of God's flock that's under your care, seeing them as overseers, not because you must, but because you're willing, as God wants you to be, not greedy for money, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you'll receive a crown of glory that will never fade away. Man, his motivation changed to love for God and love for people. And his personal calling, also, he settled it. Um, in Acts chapter 4, verse 18, they called him. Remember when they said to him, man, stop preaching. Stop doing this. And uh, they called him in. And verse 19, Peter and John said, judge for yourself whether it's right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help speaking about what we've seen and heard. This is a different Peter. This is the Peter that says, I have to obey what God tells me to. It doesn't matter what you say. And so I'm trusting that those things will change in your life. His view of leadership. Do you know that Peter didn't follow Jesus' leadership right to the end? When he messed up and Jesus left, he went back fishing. He thought that was his calling. He doubted. He doubted. He, he didn't listen to what Jesus had said because Jesus had said, go to. So I think, you know, so a lot of people get stuck because they get disillusioned by leadership. I don't know. But something changed in Peter's life because in Acts chapter 1, he's the first guy who says, okay, guys, we need leadership. We need someone appointed in Judas's place. He sees the necess necessity of leadership working with the other 11. In Acts chapter um, 10, he sees the need of leadership responding to the prophetic word of God. In Acts chapter 15, when there's disagreement, he sees the need of leadership to resolve conflict. It's amazing. His whole view on leadership changed, and that's my prayer. So that's what I'm trusting for us. Why hello, Peter? Like I said to you, hello is a greeting. It's a recognition. I pray this year God would say, hello, Marcel, you've stood up. Because of a revelation of who Jesus is and because of the power of the Holy Spirit, you are becoming the Marcel that I've always knew you were. Hello is also an expression of surprise. I pray that the people around you, like Peter, you know, when they saw his courage and they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astounded and took note that they'd been with Jesus. I pray that the people around you would say, Hello, Marcel. Hello, Marcel. I never expected this from you. When I read Peter in, in the Gospels and I read Acts, I think I never expected Peter to be that guy. I didn't expect him to be the guy whose shadows healed. I didn't expect him to open the door to the Gentiles. I didn't expect him to be that guy. Gave his life for Jesus. Died. The historians tell us crucified upside down. I would say, hello, who's this Peter? Who's writing, be shepherds, care for people, love people. Be motivated not by what you can get out of it, but motivated by the chief shepherd. I would say, hello, who's this guy? This is not the Peter I read about in the Gospels. 
One minute here, one minute rebuking Jesus. Then, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just all over the show. No, something's changed. What's changed? His vision, his motivation, his valuation, all those things. That's my prayer for you. Okay, time for a news flash. My title is not originally mine. There is a website called Hello Peter. And let me, let me ask you some questions. When was Facebook first launched? Anyone got an idea? That's forever, right? 2004 only. 2004. Twitter in 2006. Instagram 2010. It's, it's not so long ago. And so Hello Peter was a website that was created. And I'll tell you why it was different. Because for the first time, you know that site, right? You can write reviews. The guy's retired now, read up on it. You could write reviews on how businesses treated you so others could read the reviews and then make a decision. You know, you could complain. And what was different about it is because we didn't have Facebook, we didn't have Twitter, we didn't have all, we, we couldn't, if for the first time, ordinary people had a voice. Usually in the newspaper, it would run through someone. You know what I mean? If you wanted to do a write-up about a certain company, it goes through a channel. Now you could go right on the website, and any ordinary Joe suddenly had a voice to say what they wanted to say about your company. This was in 2000. It was started. And what happened was, like I said, you could say whatever you wanted about the company. And so um, if we could apply this in a spiritual sense, everybody around you, like Tyron always says, this you can be sure of. The devil hates you. God loves you. And everybody else has a plan for you. There are a hundred million voices hitting us all the time. Some are good things, some are bad things. I'm not saying, hello, Peter, is good or bad. All I'm saying is like, you cannot take on board everything that everybody says about you, not even yourself. If you live in that, hello, Peter, where you're the one evaluating yourself, you know, even well-meaning people in your life, like your mother, your father, your friends, your peers, whatever, have said things about you. You are useless. You are a liar. You're a thief. You're a cheat. You're, a, you're, ne you're this. Even some of that is not true in the context of what Jesus wants for your life. And so for some people, 2024 will be another Hello Peter year, but like this. Not Jesus saying, hello, Marcel. Not the people going, hello. But just another hello, Peter, here. Yeah, well, you know what's missing in your life. You know what you don't have. You know what you should have. You know what's wrong with you. You know, what, you know why you're not meeting the mark. You know what you should change. You know what you should get. You know, like everybody. And I'm just saying, in a digital world, we are exposed to so much of that. Please don't live there. Jesus has invested in your life. He gave his own life. That's what he invested. I'm done. 
If you're trying to please people, you'll never live the life Jesus wants for you. If you're trying to become what the world's telling us to be, you'll never please Jesus. You'll never become the Peter he saw when he saw him for the very first time and he said, you're a rock. I can use you to build my kingdom, to build my church, to glorify my name. Amen? So that's where we're aiming. A couple of weeks, I'm going to talk about those five things. I want you to please engage with me. We're not just sharing information. Think about personally, how do you see yourself? Let's stand together. Just so you can see yourself from a higher position. How do you see your, your life? Just for a moment. You know, we live in a world that's so visually stimulated. Everything, advertisement, media, everything is visual, visual, visual. Maybe we should just close our eyes for a moment and think about this. How do you see your life in the context of the world? Is it relevant? What about the future? What about the years that lie ahead? What will you do with the life God's given you? What will you do with it? How about the context of God and eternity? <laughs> There's a reason He gave you this life. Maybe this morning you just want to think about your valuation. What value do you put on your own life and how do you get to that value? Just begin to think about your motivation. What's the reason why I'm acting like this? Am I running away from something? Am I avoiding something? Is there pain in my life? Peter had all of this to work through. Revelation of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit is possible for 2024 to be different. I'm talking transformational, unrecognizable, unexpectedly different. Lord, I pray as we kick off this year that we'd understand you deeply desire to change us here at City Life. You're not interested in just tweaking, fixing. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. As we behold you with unveiled faces, we will be transformed into your image. More of Jesus in us than ever before this year, Lord. Those that are stuck, I pray that you would take a bit of a burden off us today, Lord. It's not about trying harder. It's not about continually assessing, evaluating, changing. It's just a revelation of Jesus and an openness to the Holy Spirit that will bring that change. Thank you, Lord. Bless us as we enjoy each other's company, drink coffee together. Bless every family, Lord. May this year be 
started on a good foundation, Lord. Remind us again, Jesus, that we live in a world that's dramatically changed, but we serve a Jesus that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Equip us, Lord, in our families, with our children, in our marriages, in our lives, at our jobs. Equip us to be, Lord, those that are not on the back foot, but those that are Lord God, we've got our vision sorted. We've got our motivation sorted. We, we know who we are, and we can be bold and courageous like Peter, that those around us look and, and recognize we've been with Jesus. That's all they can say. You've been with Jesus. It's not your education. It's not your knowledge. It's not your information. It's not your experience. It's you've been with Jesus. It's your presence. Pray that in the mighty name of Jesus. Refresh us. Renew us. Open our eyes even as we go from this place. Lord, may your spirit... Stay and remain on us in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.